Welcome to the EggerSafe Network podcast, where our mission is protecting the people who feed the world. My name is Stacey Jenkins. I'm the Online Learning Director with AgriSafe. Our topic today is addressing military needs in agriculture. And we're excited to have Dr. Crystal Kyle with us today to talk, tell us more about uh, some of the issues and struggles and gifts that come with uh, being a military person who also farms. In case you're not familiar with who AgriSafe is, uh, we always wanna just kind of put this in front of people again, but our whole mission as an organization is to protect the people who are feeding the world. And our job is to, uh, we equip healthcare providers and others who are working with farmers to keep them safe and healthy while they're doing their work. Support for today's webinar is provided by the Central State Center for Agricultural Safety and Health. So we extend our gratitude to them for um, their support in this work. In, Compliance with our nursing continuing education, we need to put these disclaimers in front of you, recognizing that we have no commercial support for this event, um, no commercial interests defined, as defined by the ANCC. We have no conflicts of interest related to this program, nor, do our nor does our speaker, and we won't be having any discussion of products that are currently not approved by the FDA or any off-label discussion of those products. All right, Linda, I'm gonna pass the mic over to you. Very good. Good noon day for those of you that are in the Midwest and, and for wherever you are. Perfect. Wonderful. Well, welcome. My name is Linda Emanuel. I'm a registered nurse. I am also the Veteran Farmer Project Lead and the Community Health Director for AgriSafe Network. I am located here in Nebraska and part of our three-generational family farm. We're row crop farmers here and, and also have a small cow-calf herd up operation. So today, very excited to talk about our Veteran Farmer Health Series. Um, improving the health of farmer military veterans is part of the Campaign of Healthy People 2020. And in this campaign, we are have specific health disparity goals. Um, the campaign is designed to eliminate health disparities, achieve health equity, and improve the health of all population. And for us, that population includes the military veteran farmer. And as Stacy said, um, our thanks to the Central State Center of Ag Safety and Health for their generous donation to help us to do our work. Stacy talked about their learning management system, and I want to call attention to that again. Um, within that system, under the resource library, we have a specific tab dedicated to our veteran farmers. We also have downloadable resources that are all free, um, as well as some, um, I think, some interesting links to uh, VA benefits, as well as the Veteran Crisis Hotline. Um, Stacy talked about access to that. It is all free and under learning.agrisafe.org. We have a, a fun project. Um, it's stories from the field. I am working with veterans that are, have come back to agriculture and want to feature their narratives within a story. And so I am looking for men and women, um, again, who are living this agricultural life and want to share their personal stories to serve as an inspiration to others um, who more than likely have gone through some other life changing events. Um, 
within that story, we share relevant educational information. And um, then with permission, we'll share that on our website in the learning lab. And my contact information is there. I am the community health nurse director. And so I would be more than happy um, to meet and greet with you. And if it's not you, maybe it's somebody else that you know that would be willing to share their story. I wish to share a sincere thank you to all the men and women who have served our country and protect our freedoms. Um, without you, we wouldn't be able to live this enjoyable life that we have. And finally, today, it's my pleasure to introduce to you Dr. Crystal Kyle. She is a biological science specialist in the Institute of Youth, Family and Community. She holds a PhD in Agricultural Leadership and Community Development from Virginia Polytechnic Institute and State University. In her work, she provides pro pragmatic grant support to competitive and non-competitive grant programs. She is a military vet who farms, and her, one of her emphasis is on military and veteran programs and scholarships. Um, she provides assistance in beginning farmer and rancher. She's also part of AgriAbility 4-H and 1890s program. And, and one of the thing I one of the items that I caught in uh, Crystal's curriculum vitae um, was on her cover page. And uh, it's a quote, it says, the best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others by Mahatma Gandhi. And in her honorable list of services, um, service to community and civic groups and causes, um, I feel like Dr. Kyle holds true to this message. And so by taking care of others through service, she has um, found her cause. And so it is my pleasure to welcome Dr. Crystal Kyle. Thank you, Linda. You're welcome. Hello, everyone. Um, I will. So I'm just going to kind of go through some touch on some topics. Um, this is definitely a very basic um, overview. Um, and so please look for resources and look at the reference sheet um, for additional information and, and see some um, uh, mental health providers, mental health experts. So um, today I'll be talking about addressing military veterans' unique needs in agriculture. <clears throat> Just wanna say uh, happy St. Patrick's Day. So I put that up there. Um, but this is a multidiscipline approach. Um, the way that I was taught and the way that I was um, uh, uh, brought through my PhD program is that the, these different things need to work together for a common goal and a more holistic view of how to handle um, not only military veterans, but farmers and, and populations. So that's kind of my way of looking at this. Let's see why my... So I'm gonna kind of introduce myself so you can see where I'm coming from and then talk about a little bit of research um, and then talk about some do's and don'ts, which again, I'm, it might seem obvious. Um, I work for the United States Department of Agriculture, so I need to put this out that my um, stories and research in this are not necessarily the views of NIFA. And then as you saw, I have no conflicts to report regarding the educational offering, um, and that is for AgriSafe. As many, many uh, military veterans, I often don't like to talk about it. And so before my educational program, it was something that um, I hid or didn't talk about. But as um, I've gotten more and more involved in talking to veterans and talking to populations um, that 
that help veterans, I know it's important to also talk about my past and um, my experiences so that I can have that common share. So some of the challenges I face are TBI, loss of hearing in my left ear is almost completely gone. Uh, extreme migraines, about three or four a week, hearing loss, um, and then injuries in my back, my knees, um, my neck uh, from, um, from my service. So, um, but that doesn't take away from who I still am. I'm still a veteran. Um, I still am a, a student. I'm always going to be a student. I'm always learning the next thing and ways to improve myself and my research and my job. Um, I'm a farmer. I have 30 acres out in Kansas. I raise goats, chickens, and pigs. Um, I'm a veteran advocate. It's very important to me to still stay within the veteran community and um, find ways to advocate for us. Uh, and then, of course, I'm a researcher. I have a daughter that is, is challenged with cancer. And so the learning disabilities and challenges from that are extremely important to me. And then finally, um, I have PTSD or PTS. So my educational journey was not one that was pretty, that was easy. Um, I went back to school and my first attempts were online, which did not work. Um, I did not do well um, at home. Um, and then I went into the classroom and it was also challenging for me. So my, I went to community college, which was fantastic for me um, because the classes were smaller. Uh, and then I received my BS at North Carolina A&T. Um, I have a minor in waste management and then my master's also at North Carolina A&T and then my PhD from Virginia Tech as Linda stated. Um, and so through these, I had assistantships, which was my first interaction with a farm. And um, I first started with row cropping and then moved to animal production. So at Virginia Tech, I completed a um, PhD and a dissertation, and it's a multi-discipline uh, study, and my committee was um, uh, multidisciplinary um, in nature. So it was agriculture, sociology, psychology, and human development. The title you can see is the formation of culture capital using symbolic military means of objects and self in an ag adult agriculture education pro program serving military veterans ethnographic qualitative study that investigates how adults are learning um, in these programs, specifically military veterans, and how they are utilizing symbolic interaction as well as culture capital theory. A little bit about my service. I um, served with Charlie 159th and 3rd of the 82nd out of Fort Bragg, North Carolina. I was avionics electrician. Um, I was part of the test crew when they needed someone to test avionics. Um, I was also overseas part of the disaster recovery in both Afghanistan and Iraq. Um, I've been many other places. And um, as far as farming, I had, like I said, an assistantship. I first started off in a lab, which I loved because I was isolated and I didn't have to talk to people. I didn't have to meet people. Um, I was just in charge of running the samples um, and getting the results out. So I love that. But they said, you know, they needed help on the farm. And um, if I want to keep my assistantship, I need to work on the farm. So I moved to the farm and it changed my life. It really changed my life. I started to talk again. I started to talk to my family, my friends, my children, and started to be able to have communication and relationships. Um, as I said, I own my own farm, which is, is very self-healing. 
um, and has increased my mental health um, greatly. So I hold certificates in, in a couple different things. Um, the National Council for Behavioral Health, um, a mental health first aider, suicide prevention, um, I hold two, curriculum design, and then program evaluation. My recent roles um, include military veteran farmer, um, of course, uh, North Carolina Agribility Director. It's a, a NIFA program. Uh, the, the North Carolina A&T currently holds the grant and um, I helped veterans across the state along with my team, mentally and physically challenged farmers. And a big focus of that was military veterans. Um, I was the North Carolina Agribility Institute coordinator. Um, and part of that job was researching military veterans, mental and physical health um, and that were involved in agriculture. Uh, and then part of that job was North Carolina Cooperative Extension, which a uh, big part of that was curriculum design and program evaluator. So currently I'm at the USDA NIFA and I'm a biological science specialist. These are my assignments, but the big ones, um, as you can see, there's a lot of veteran focus and a lot of military focus, even active duty, uh, but the Ag Vets um, Air Force Medical Operations, which is a mental health um, program. Um, and then uh, the beginner farmer and rancher, which is 5% veteran focused and agribility, which has a veteran focus as we discussed. So I, when I was, when I was looking at my, what I would do for my dissertation and how I would approach this, we were at the same time learning uh, Pierre Bardou's um, idea of mental health. And he has seven capitals. And if they're in somewhat of a balance, then he believes that you have somewhat of um, a fair mental health, you know, good mental health. And so as I was looking at this and, and, and trying to figure out where veterans um, have gaps through research, I noticed that one of the biggest um, gaps would be in culture capital. Um, and we often have either the other capitals or we have access to them at, at so, in some level. But what was very, um, what was missing very much was culture capital. We have a great capital in the military often and we know how to discuss, oops, my bad. We know how to discuss um, things within that community. We know our language, we know our uniform, um, but when we get out into the civilian world, that often is, is missing and we don't know how to um, navigate that new setting. So symbolic interactionism is extremely important during this um, and it's how we interact with symbols. Um, symbols may mean something different to different people. Um, objects change meaning for individuals, uh, for groups, um, but the object itself doesn't change. Or colors, we know colors have um, very important um, meaning to them. And so uh, something changing color can mean something different. So therefore, how do we change the association of symbols for veterans? Um, these symbols that include war, hardship, um, things like that to peace and resilience. So that's, that, that's kind of what I started thinking about during my research. Um, and a little bit about PTS or PTSD, depending on which literature you're reading, um, and moral injury. Moral injury and PTSD are not the same. Uh, moral injury is violating a deeply held moral belief and value, 
And this is often uh, a mental um, a mental wound. Um, Soul Repair is a great book to read um, if, if you want more information on that. PTS um, and moral injury do coincide with other psychological disorders such as anxiety, depression, and low resilience. Um, they are not, a, neither one is a linear disease. So you can often feel things um, from years ago. You can often feel that your, um, uh, your symptoms are getting better and then all of a sudden they're not. Um, and so this is an up and down. And I know in my own experience, it has been an up and down um, situation and it is not going to look linear at all. It doesn't happen the same for everyone, kind of, kind of along the same lines. Um, it, it may look very different for two people that were in the same situation um, in the same war, um, but have very different reactions to that. PTS is more of a physical disorder. It's a release of elevated hormones to deal with stressful situations. Um, so it is important to look at your community. It is important to look uh, beyond just what is at um, your, your VA, what is at your, um, you know, your healthcare provider. You also need to look to your family and other support and what can also help you out there um, with your mental challenges. And so for me, that was agriculture. There it is, was agriculture and um, agriculture therapy. And so these are just um, a few types, um, but it really, it really all comes down to, um, you know, being in that social and therapeutic therapy through nature, through animal, through care farming, through um, ecotherapy even. And so just looking at all of this as an as option, if it helps you. Um, this is Pierre Badu's, um, okay, okay, so I'll keep going. So the habits can um, be through apprenticeships. Um, the capital is um, a three different um, areas, embodied, institutionalized, and objective, and then field um, is who you are in that setting. So the person that I am um, in this setting is, is quite different from when I'm around my friends sitting around a bonfire. And so depending on your setting, you're gonna have different power. And all of those in, involve symbolic interactions. Um, so how are we using our symbols to show our power or to show where we stand in society? And that's extremely important. Um, habits can be, um, you know, the way that um, you do things, um, maybe, uh, your religion would might be one of those examples. Um, and then you have capital, which um, in the military may be rank or even calling me Dr. Crystal Kyle versus Crystal, the, the power difference between that um, is, is a form of one of the capitals. And so if you have a um, Mercedes versus um, a Honda, what does that say about your power and your ranking in society? So that along with um, the symbolic of who you are uh, and what communities you represent or are involved in, when you put that on 
the circle with um, Pierre Badu's uh, seven capitals, that can change your social mobility. And if it's positive, you can increase your resiliency. And in a military veteran situation, um, you, which is what I researched, you could change your symptoms for PTS and moral injury. Not saying it will completely get rid of them, but it can help ease some of the symptoms um, and then assist with um, acclimation into the civilian world. So the reverse is also true. If you are not able to see yourself in the society and you're not able to um, have that social mobility, then your resilience can be low. These are some examples from my research um, talking about how important symbolic interactionism is and the patriotic imagery um, is very parallel between military service and agriculture. So things like boots and hard work, um, the actual behaviors themselves and, and, you know, the language such as hula and roger that and um, the way that you act with a group of people and you communicate and you fall in line working outdoors, all of these are uh, not only symbols, but symbolism and symbolic interaction because we're actually interacting with those symbols. So this is one of my favorite stories. Uh, this gentleman um, went through some extreme challenges from his service. He was um, shot and later lost his leg um, and then joined the agriculture program. So this identity changes and it changes from veteran, strict veteran, or even military member to veteran, um, to veteran farmer, to uh, sometimes farmer and then civilian, or sometimes they're mixed in there where people start to think of themselves more as a civilian. I can say I, I have never truly thought of myself as a civilian completely, but now I have more, um, more behaviors that are civilian-like, and even I connect with, with more civilians than I ever have. So that process gets better. As I've said, resilience is definitely the key. We know that uh, resilience can guard against PTS or PTSD, um, but if not, it can cause depression, anxiety, behavioral um, adjustment disorders, and of course, suicide. So high resilience equals less of these a greater internal locus of control where they, where veterans feel they have more power over themselves and their life. Um, and then of course, lower resilience leads to distrust, loss, or excuse me, social problems and psychological disorders. Um, if, we, if we can increase culture capital within the military veterans, then that makes a better mental health
So the definition that agribility gives and some other sources um, is that disability is a condition or function that is just to be significantly impaired relative to the useful standard of individual or their group. And then we, um, we see these impairments in physical, sensory, cognitive, intellectual, um, including mental health, and then they can come from birth, accidental, or age. Basically, this, it's a very broad statement and it can mean, and it can be in many areas. So misunderstandings and trust. Um, so the first one is, is just to put this in here, veterans often come from farms and rural areas. Um, that probably should have been put the other way, but they do often come from farms and rural areas. A large amount of veterans um, come from when they went into service to get off the farm um, and came from rural areas. So um, illiteracy and a lack of awareness is, is often where distrust can come from. Non-availability of proper information, no guidelines, misconceptions and stigma. Um, and then, of course, the, the feeling of rejection, lack of trained personnel can be a problem when working with veterans. And then not all veterans have access or want to go to the VA. The stats, over 13 million individuals in rural America are often disabled. Um, and then they have at, um, assets to give to society. And it's very important that we find ways to include them. I thought one really important um, stat was this one right here, the Rural Research and Training Center at the University of Montana states that the average person with a disability reports 14 secondary conditions. So they may only talk about or, or say that they have one disability, but often there's many underneath that that, that lie deeper um, and that come from that original um, challenge. Um, most common is shoulders, wrists, and backs. Um, but we know that the real stats are much higher. We know that uh, veterans uh, and farmers, many of them like to be independent um, and they don't want to talk about or get help with their disability. Um, they, off, they can, they, there are some that do, but for the most part, um, research shows that they don't want to be um, uh, in a program or, or and they don't feel that they need help. Um, often farmers and veterans uh, won't stop a task. They're dedicated to that task and they sometimes can get themselves in trouble and compromise their personal health. As we said, they don't ask for help. And then veterans have all kinds of service, but then there's also no war service. And there's also challenges that come from the no war so service uh, survivor's guilt being one that pops off my head, uh, but there's others. And so we need to remember that too. It's not all war service. So why should we care, right? Because there's the VA and, and you know, they have um, their own disabilities they could deal with because they don't like help. Well, we all have or know someone that has a disability and it's important that we help each other, um, especially in times like now uh, with COVID and even before COVID. Uh, farmers and veterans share the highest rate of suicide. So we need to look after each other. Um, so a large number of veterans in rural areas have some kind of disability. Over 70% of them are capable of holding a job. 
Uh, 49% of disabled population is literate, and I'm sure that number is much higher. Uh, that's the number that is reported. And um, veterans, um, this goes back and forth, but usually veterans have to have at least a GED to join service. So we should care because they add to society. So these are some do's and don'ts. A lot of this will seem common sense, as I said before, but I wanted to share it because sometimes we just need a reminder or need to think about it. And then there's also, I want to mention the Farmer Veteran Coalition, which you can call, uh, it's more, or not call, you can get involved in that network and it's more of a network of people, but that's more towards the agriculture side. Uh, when in doubt, use the golden rule, treat people how you want to be treated. Avoid um, the you're so inspirational remarks. You know, you really inspire me the way, you know, the way that you keep going, you know, um, it's, it's really not helpful and sometimes it can be demeaning. Uh, whatever you do, don't talk louder than your normal vo voice. So don't talk down to or slow to, to someone. Uh, ask before helping. Um, a lot of people have ways to help themselves and um, you interfering may actually um, be worse than helping. Don't lean on wheelchairs or other assistive technologies. Uh, leaning against their, their wheelchair is, can be very disrespectful. Introduce yourself when speaking with a vis visually impaired. So um, let them know you're there. Introduce yourself and who you are and why you're there. Uh, refer to the, to the person in first person, not their disability. Um, so um, talk to that person, not to the person that's with them, like maybe someone who's pushing their wheelchair or walking beside them, you know, or what, um, maybe walking behind them. Don't, don't ask them the questions, ask the person that you're talking to. Uh, save the patronizing, so the good for you, you're so brave. Unless you know the person and you have a relationship with them, um, this can be uh, offensive and you can be wrong. Um, you could think that it's one thing and it could be something totally different. And so that can be a problem. So of course it's about respect, right? Uh, view others as people, not impairments. Um, focus on the person at hand. Uh, if you have, for some reason, you're introducing someone in, in a situation that it makes sense, you know, like at a conference or something for like agribility, for instance, um, and it, it just makes sense to introduce them, ask them what terminology they prefer to use to be introduced uh, and then stick with that term. Um, avoid saying, hey, blind girl or girl in the wheelchair, uh, labeling norms. Um, don't use those. Avoid thank you for your service. This could be something um, that affects um, a lot of veterans as I talked to them for the research. A lot of them did not like thank you for your service. It's becoming a tagline and it's becoming um, used a lot and overused. So some, you know, maybe think about a different way to say the exact same thing because we know it's coming from a good place. Uh, but maybe something like, I know you and your family sacrificed a lot. I appreciate you. Something, you know, something else. Um, never ask how many people have you killed? What was war like? When did you, you know, kill your first person? You know, that kind of thing. Remember their identity is very important to them, regardless if um, the military was something that they enjoyed or didn't enjoy. It's something that they went through and it's important to them and you don't know their views. So many have strong feelings towards the flag. 
in their country, even if they don't agree with the politics, you know, the gun laws, government, et cetera. They may agree, they may not, but sometimes they have um, strong ties to the flag. Um, so this, it's, it's just not the time to discuss your political view um, or if you agreed with the war or disagree with the war. Many veterans disagree with the war, but they're not gonna talk about it and they don't, they don't wanna talk about it. So it's just not the time to, unless again, unless this is someone you know and you're very close to, it's not the time to talk about uh, your political views. And then don't assume their disability or blame them for their own, for PTS, TBI, moral injury and, and physical injury and many others. Um, don't just assume because they're a veteran, they have PTS or a TBI and don't assume that um, uh, they have a physical injury. So talking is very important after saying all that. It's like, well, what do I say, right? Well, regardless of their disability, no one wants to be treated like a child. So just talk to them um, and normally uh, have conversations, get to know them. Uh, when you're speaking to someone with a disability, uh, make sure that you're you're not calling them pet names or, you know, like, like we said earlier, louder or even a gesture like patting their head. It's, it's very uh, rude and you shouldn't do it. These habits um, communicate that you don't think that person with a disability is capable of understanding you. And so they may think that you think that they're, uh, you know, stupid or whatever, and that can lead to a shut door. So <laughs> one of the biggest is cut the labels. Um, you don't want to call people, you don't want to call anyone with labels, um, but especially, you know, in, when you're working with veterans, um, they could be disrespectful and hurtful. So, of course, don't use names like moron, retard, cripple, spastic, midget. It's just no place for that in today's society. Um, we're changing as a society and these names um, just have no place. Uh, when introducing someone with a disability, you don't need to introduce their disability, as we said before, but something like, hey, this is my coworker, Susan, not um, this is my coworker, Susan, who is deaf. So the biggest thing is just to be patient. Sometimes there is um, a TBI, a traumatic brain injury. I have um, slurred speech sometime or slow down speech. Um, or I get confused on exactly where I was in the speech. So um, I'm one of those examples, but there are people that have much slower speech and they are very capable of telling you what they want. They just may need a little bit more time. And if you keep interrupting them, they can become very frustrated and then they can shut down and, and not work with you. So it's always important to think about what is their ability, not so much of what is their disability. Ask questions, don't be afraid to ask questions, but ask questions that are relevant to helping them and getting the information you need to be able to continue to help them. Um, and then always remember they know their disability way better than you do. Uh, they are the expert at that disability. They've been dealing it with for a very long time. Um, you may have suggestions and better ways to support that um, disability or injury, but they know it. They know what they've been going through. They know what the steps were um, to try to already address it. And so um, don't start off on top heavy, listen to what they say and, and try to take in the information that they have to provide. So that you're not alone in this. There's, there's many places and people that you can contact. Um, remember, you're not the expert in all areas. We wanna work as a community and help people 
Um, so you, for if it's veteran agriculture specific, there's some resources, COVID, because we're all dealing with COVID, kind of the mental benefits, the cognitive benefits, and then the financial benefits of agriculture. And so you, you can think about better brain health, improved concentration, and of course, uh, saving on food and healthcare costs because you're eating better and getting some exercise while you're gardening or raising um, animals or grow crops. So, and again, this is just a very quick overview. Um, if you have any questions, you can definitely get a hold of me and I can um, either answer your question or get you in contact with someone that has the answer. Um, and Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the AgriSafe Network podcast, where our mission is protecting the people who feed the world. You can learn more about the AgriSafe Network at agrisafe.org, and be sure to check out the Learning Lab and all of the excellent resources available on the site. You can also find us on Facebook or contact us anytime at info at agrisafe.org.